Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays, everybody. It is the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am here. Alex Shane, as always, breaking it down with my good buddy, Rich Hill, breaking down week 16 in the National Football League, which promises, in my personal opinion, Rich, to be even wilder than weeks 1 through 15, which is a statement, (laughs) because not only does everybody in the National Football League seem to have COVID, and everyone's kind of scrambling to find starters and fill roster spots, but if you look down the slate of games this week, Rich, I think almost every single one has some kind of playoff implication, so hope you're ready. Buckle up. Should be a wild week. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited for it. We are absolutely in the home stretch of the the regular season. In particular, the AFC is wild with only three teams that are like actually not in the playoff picture. Uh, and two of them happen to be playing each other this week. So that's delightful. Um, but Alec, before we get into the whole week's, uh, you know, 16 of this NFL season, how you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. I am gearing down for the year, uh, as are most people. We're getting ready to take some time off to relax. That's a time with friends and family over the holidays. No matter what you celebrate, this is a good time of year to kind of chill out and get some time off and enjoy yourselves. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. How about yourself, man? You doing well? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. I'm ready for, uh, you know, to stop being cold, which, you know, sounds like a very weak New Englander right now, but it's been pretty bitter. Uh, and so I'm excited for it to not be cold. But before we get to that point, we have to get all the way through the season. Uh, and, you know, the season always ends with the Pro Bowl, Alec. And that was my Pro Bowl level transition. Uh, we have some congratulations in order to three particular Patriots. We do. Uh, I'm not going to congratulate you on the transition, though, Rich. It wasn't great. <laughs> Sorry. You've had, you've had better transition than that. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. So adequate. But yeah, you're right. Three pro bowlers. They are Matthew Judon, Matthew Slater, and J.C. Jackson, a pro bowl snub from last season, in my opinion. Congrats to those guys. I think they are all well-deserved. Honestly, man, going down the entire pro bowl roster, it's kind of hard for me to sit here and say this guy or that guy got snubbed. I think the guys that made it deserved it, and it's kind of just the way it is for me, at least. Yeah, totally. I mean, if, if you were to say who are the best players on the Patriots that didn't get into the Pro Bowl, I would say you have to start with Shaq Mason. Um, But the guard position in the AFC is just wildly stacked. Uh, Obviously, Quentin Nelson of the Colts is the best guard, uh, left guard, in probably the NFL, so he's going to make it. Uh, Joel Batonio is also playing extraordinarily well, and then Wyatt Teller of the Cleveland Browns is also playing at a very, very high level. If Mason edged any of those players out, I wouldn't have been super surprised, but 
those three are having great seasons. I totally understand it. And so if, if Shaq Mason as the fourth best guard in the, the conference is the biggest snub, I'd say uh, the fans did a pretty good job with their voting here. No, I agree. I mean, that's the one arguable snub. I think Nick Folk's having arguably a Pro Bowl season, but he lost out to Justin Tucker, who's the best kicker in the league. And when someone's just objectively better than you are, they get in. Maybe if Justin Tucker opts out, Nick Folk will make it as an alternate or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, you can always make a case for offensive linemen or maybe Jakob Johnson as a fullback, and you can always kind of try and stretch it a little bit or gutter as a punt returner or some things like that. But, again, overall – I think the three Patriots were having the biggest impact. Their respective positions on the season made the Pro Bowl. Very glad to see J.C. Jackson make it. He is going to get paid by somebody this offseason. Hopefully it's New England. They franchise it and lock him up long term. But uh, kind of a nice little piece of good news. Tarkov Week 16. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, all of those players deserve it. I, I think J.C. Jackson is on pace for an all-pro season, if I'm being honest. Uh, maybe not first-team all-pro. I think he, if you know, if people considered him for that, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I think he's having an all-pro caliber season. The Pro Bowl vote just as a nod to that. He's going to get a ton of money this offseason, so great for him. Um, but enough of stuff that will happen at the end of the season. Alec, we have a week of football upon us. Let's go around the league, Week 16 matchups. You mentioned that there are a ton of games with playoff implications. Where do you want to start? I want to start with, my, in my opinion, hands down the best game of the week, 1 p.m., Jaguars at Jets. <laughs> wait to see this one. Um, look, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to have at least one game like this on the slate. I just, I feel bad for everybody in that market having to watch Jaguars versus Jets, and there are so many good games while happening around the league. I think let's start tonight, Rich. I mean, the, the Niners and the Titans, both those teams right in their respective conference playoff mixes. Obviously, New England wants the Titans to lose this game to further their distance on a potential one seed. Tennessee has kind of bounced back a little bit last week, but – that game could really go either way. Totally. And honestly, uh, I might argue that I might want the Titans to win this game because if the Titans lose and then the Colts, who are playing on Saturday night against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, if the Colts win, then uh, the Colts and the Titans will be tied at the same record. And the Colts have the tiebreaker with the Patriots, whereas the Patriots have the tiebreaker with the Titans. So maybe New England will want the Titans to win the South just for that seeding sort of differentiation. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a very tall order for Tennessee with uh, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo in tow. Uh, the 49ers are playing extremely well as of late. And so the Titans, they, they are basically just holding on for dear life until they reach the postseason when, uh, you know, perhaps A.J. Brown will return, Julio Jones will be back in form. Uh, you know, there is always that shot in the dark that Derrick Henry could return. Perhaps he will uh, if they make it to the postseason. We'll see if they make a run. Uh, but I think that the Titans have a very tall order for them. Uh I mentioned the Colts on the road against the Cardinals. I would say some other games that have huge implications for New England. Uh, the 8-6 and six Ravens on the road against the 8-6 and six Bengals. That was the 1 p.m. game on Sunday. I think that the Ravens, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is their quarterback, but Joe Burrow of the Bengals is potentially playing some of the best football, not just in the AFC, but in the entire league. Uh, I know that he's pro football focuses number one quarterback in the league right now, edging out Justin Herbert and Tom Brady, uh, rounding out their top three. And so that is a great matchup between the Ravens and the Bengals with the AFC North title on the line. Every year, Rich Hill, the AFC North seems to be an absolute slugfest between two or three teams, and this year is no exception. Looking forward to watching that game, or at least flipping back and forth between that game. The Pats and Bills play at the same time. My focus is obviously on the Patriots this Sunday, and they play the Bills. But, yeah, that should be a really good game. I don't know what Lamar Jackson's foot 
status is, how well he's going to be able to play on it, if his mobility is going to be really impacted. It's in Cincinnati, which always is a tough place to play. The Ravens are kind of reeling right now. Should be a good one. Uh, speaking of reeling, Rich Hill, uh, going, staying in the AFC North, kind of, the Steelers are traveling to Kansas City to play the Chiefs in the late afternoon slot. Kansas City has a real COVID problem. A lot of their really good players are on the COVID list in some capacity. Their status is all up in the air, as seems to be the case the past couple of weeks. New England and Pittsburgh are kind of locked in terms of their playoff hopes being intertwined together. If the Steelers are facing a COVID-decimated Chiefs team, they could definitely pull this one out. Yeah, it's possible. I, I think at this point in time, things can always change, of course, but both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are on the COVID list for the Chiefs, uh, as are a few key defenders. And so if the Chiefs are expected to play without their top two players, uh, they don't really have an offense. The only way that the Chiefs are succeeding on offense are through those two players, and if they are unavailable, uh, and then you have TJ Watt bearing down on Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs could be in for a long day. I, I have no faith in this Steelers team. Uh, I, I think they are bad. Remember, they tied the Detroit Lions before the Lions have decided to wake up. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that this is a Steelers team that always plays to the level of their competition. So they can be in the game against the Chiefs. I would love for the Steelers to pull off the upset. I would be surprised if they did that. Uh, the other game that I will have my eyes on is the Monday night game where the 7-7 seven and seven Dolphins will be on the road against the 7-7 seven and seven Saints uh, where Taysom Hill is on the COVID list for the Saints. And so Ian Book, the Notre Dame quarterback, will be starting for them uh, with the Dolphins riding a six-game win streak, I believe. Uh, the, the Dolphins are right back in the thick of it for the postseason. For New England fans that will be watching this game, the Patriots need to beat the Bills, and if the Saints beat the Dolphins, then New England will clinch the AFC East title this week, which would be pretty fantastic to see. Uh, but if the Dolphins win, it keeps their hopes alive, and that sets up a potential spoiler game in Week 18 of the season. Uh, Alec, is there any chance that the, the Ian Book-led Saints can beat the Dolphins? Well, the Saints did shut out Tom Brady this past week, nine to nothing. So you never know. I know absolutely nothing about Ian Book. I could not pick him <laughs> out of police lineup. I can't tell you. I don't think the Saints are that good of a team. I never really did. They're consistent and they're able to kind of put things together. But the Dolphins are pretty hot right now. Although I will say, Rich, that game against the Jets last week, the Dolphins kind of needed a couple of breaks to beat them. And so who knows? Maybe they're due for kind of a Pat's Colt situation where they're riding hot and they're cocky a little bit and they go to New Orleans and they get slapped around a little bit. Uh, the good thing about that is once that game does happen, we'll know one way or another how much it matters to the Patriots because it is the Monday night game, as you mentioned. The Patriots play this Sunday at 1 p.m. In Foxborough, no need to talk about the Patriots-Bills Monday night game a few weeks back because that was just such an aberration and anomaly for so many reasons. Mac Jones will throw more than three times. It's not going to be that windy. It will be a cold and possibly rainy day up in Foxborough. The Bills are coming in without Cole Beasley. He's on the COVID list. He's definitely going to be out for this game, but everyone else seems to be healthy. So for the most part, should be a very good team up against another very good team with a lot on the line for both squads. Should be a good one, Rich. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And even the Patriots coaching staff were joking after the game against the Bills on Monday night that uh, they didn't reveal anything of the New England passing playbook. So they have a lot of plays that they can still break out. Uh, the big concern for the Patriots is that they have some players that might not be available. Uh, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, who has been the most efficient receiver for the Patriots, is currently 
currently uh, not practicing due to being on the COVID list. There's still a chance that he could be lifted before uh, the Sunday game, uh, but he has not yet been cleared as of Thursday. And then Nelson Aguilar has not been practicing due to a head injury. Uh, and so let's stay on the, the Patriots offense here. If Kendrick Bourne is unable to play, and if Nelson Aguilar is unable to play, Alec, what are the Patriots going to do on offense against this Bills defense? I'll give you two possible answers, Rich Hill. One a little more practical, one a little less so. I think this is going. I think regardless of receiver status, this is going to be a pretty big game for the tight ends. We saw Hunter Henry and Mac Jones' connection, one of the few bright spots early in that Colts game. He's the red zone threat. He's a very trusted target. Bills do struggle in tight end coverage, and Hunter Henry and John Smith do have a good matchup there. So I see the Patriots utilizing a lot of tight ends. Damian Harris was at practice. He's very fired up to play. Ramondre Stevenson missed practice with an illness. So his status is a bit in question by the gamble. I'd say he will play on Sunday. So we'll still see a lot of run, but a lot more play action with the tight ends, and they'll get very much involved in the passing game. Uh, the less practical one, and one that could possibly happen, is if you think all the way back to August, Rich Hill, and everyone was all talking about the preseason and who the standouts were, there's a name that might ring a bell named Christian Wilkerson, mm. who is on the Patriots practice squad right now. He has not been claimed by any other team. I can see if Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne can't go, they call him up. Maybe he has an impact. I don't know what kind of chemistry him and Mac Jones have, how many reps they've had. That's the real question mark. So much of being a receiver is being on the same page as your quarterback, knowing what the reads are, being able to turn your head at the right time, et cetera. So maybe he doesn't have that. But I can't see him being a late-week call-up and making an impact in the passing game if those two guys can't go. I love that. I mean, I think Wilkerson showed so many flashes during the offseason. I think that he deserves a chance in the NFL to see if he can have that opportunity. I'm going to go a different direction. Um, I agree with you that those tight ends are going to be extraordinarily important for the Patriots. I think that if Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith don't uh, eclipse at least 100 yards and a score combined, the Patriots won't beat the Bills. Uh, but my X factor is the player who I think will ultimately be asked to replace both Aguilar and Kendrick Ford. And it's our friend, Nikhil Harry, my X factor for this week. Uh, we saw Nikhil Harry last week with the best reception of his career, potentially. Uh, that 43-yard catch deep down the field to set up, uh, you know, put the Patriots in a position to potentially tie the game. Uh, or at least, you know, close it against the, the Colts. Uh, you know, pull them closer together. And uh, he did a great job. I mean, I, I think where Nikhil Harry has stood out this year obviously has been as a blocker, which is not what Patriots fans ever hope for out of their first round wide receiver is for their calling card to be run blocking. But if you're Bill Belichick, that's what gets you on the field. I expect New England to continue to try and run the ball against this Bills team because that was their game plan uh, against the Bills, kind of regardless of the weather. Like, obviously, it became more important because of the weather back on Monday night. But New England still thinks that they can run the ball, and if the Bills can't stop them, they won't. But I think that this is the game where Nikhil Harry uh, gets more playing time because of those injuries, but also because he's a good run blocker. And that will set up an opportunity, in my mind, whether it's for the flea flicker that they didn't connect on last week uh, or some other play action kind of plays. I think Nikhil Harry is going to break free this week 
Uh, obviously, I'm not going to count on him getting 100 yards or anything like that, but I would not be surprised if he had his best receiving game of his career against a Bills team that won't have Tredavious White out on the outside uh, and against a defense that hadn't really had the opportunity to see the Patriots' passing attack because of the wind last time around. And so I, I think that Harry is going to have to step up, and he's my X factor. If he's able to uh, stand out in a way that he hasn't at this point in his career, I think that the Patriots can, can uh, be in a pretty good position to win this game. This now marks two weeks in a row that one of us had Nikhil Harry as the X-Factor. Unprecedented. I had him last <laughs> week, and he almost kind of was, and so maybe this week we'll keep it going. If he turns the corner now, great. Uh, you know, We've all been kind of waiting for it. A lot of us have kind of given up on it, myself included. But again, he is a very, very good blocking receiver, and that's a good piece of the puzzle to have in your favor for New England. This hasn't put together in the passing game, so hopefully this is the time for him. I'd be all for that. Uh, I don't know if mine's really an X factor, but I'm going to go with it anyway based on both last week's against the Colts and the Monday night game against the Bills. I'm going to go with Mac Jones as my mm-hmm. X factor, not only to see how he bounces back from his first road loss, a couple of throws he wish he'd gotten back. If you heard him in his press conference this week, he talked about how the Patriots had a really lousy week of practice against the Colts. It just wasn't quite at the level they demanded themselves. Hopefully this week they change that. I'm very curious to see how the rookie kind of rebounds from not his best game. Late comeback fell short. He's back at home. This is a potential hat and t-shirt game, depending on how things go around the league. And I I said it on our our Tuesday podcast, Rich, I feel like Mac Jones learned more on Saturday night's loss than he has the entire season combined so far. That's the kind of game you want to see a rookie bounce back from. So I'm watching that very closely. If he has a good game against Buffalo, he gives me a lot of comp going not into the end of the year and beyond, but, but, next season, season after as well. So Mac Jones, I know it's not really an X factor, but I'm doing it anyway. I like that. I mean, I think that goes a long way. Uh, this will be the best defense that he's played in a game that he'll actually have to throw the ball. Because there's, as you mentioned earlier, there's no way he's going into this game only throwing it three times. And he's going against a very good defense. I think it's worth mentioning that this Bills defense uh, is on par with the Patriots as it relates to being so good. Uh, they are definitely hurting without having Tredavious White there at cornerback, but uh, they have a great safety duo with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, and there's a very real chance that they'll force a turnover uh, because they're that good. Uh, they have fine cornerbacks. Uh, definitely they've fallen down uh, the depth chart of quality without having White out there, but they're still good enough. I think Matt Milano is one of the best linebackers in the AFC. Uh, he's playing extremely well. But where the the Bills' biggest weakness in my mind is is with Tremaine Edwards in coverage. So he's the fellow linebacker of Matt Milano. He's come out as just being kind of just a downhill player. But when you ask him to cover the tight ends or running backs out of the backfield, he's been extremely vulnerable. And so I think that's where uh, I mentioned earlier the tight ends of the Patriots needing to have a big day. I think that uh, Mac Jones, if he is going to succeed, he's going to have to have his eyes on where Tremaine Edmonds is all the time because I think that there will be opportunities to target Edmonds to move the chains. And I think the Patriots will obviously have to lead very extended drives uh, against this Bills team uh, because that is how the Bills like to play defense. Um, And if the Patriots are able to do that, if Mac Jones is able to find that weak spot uh, with his receivers, uh, including his tight ends and running backs, then I think that Mac Jones will have a good rebound game, uh, especially against this good defense. Absolutely. I'm hoping for that as well. Uh, speaking of rebound game, Rich, I'd love to see the defense of a rebound game against the run. I'm not sure you can call it a rebound game if you can't really stop the run ever, but maybe a, a bound game 
we'll call it, <laughs> against the run. Uh, one thing I'm a little more concerned about that I'm surprised the Bills didn't really utilize in the Monday night game was we've seen Josh Allen multiple times extend plays with his legs. He's such a mobile quarterback. He's very hard to bring down. He's got a cannon for an arm. And I'm just wondering if the Patriots and the Bills are going to be different in that the Bills will operate out of not only a lot of run heavy, but letting Josh Allen kind of run a little bit. I know you don't want to get your quarterback lit up too much and you want to limit his his contact, but he's such a threat to run at any given point in time. I'm not sure what Jawan Bentley's status is for this game. I know he went out against the Colts. Uh, are you at all worried about not only the Patriots getting gashed by the Bills on the ground, but a couple of game-changing plays where they can't contain Josh Allen, he kind of breaks one? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's always a concern. I think the the biggest challenge when you face a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen is that the the defense can feel like they're in a good spot if they force like a third and middle distance. But if you have a mobile quarterback, that doesn't really mean anything, right? I think Josh Allen is always li- like able to break three free for like a seven yard pickup and convert that first down. And so there's never an easy down. There's never a telegraphed. This has to be a pass sort of a situation because Allen is so mobile and so athletic that he can turn anything into a first down and where the Patriots have succeeded against Allen in the past is with their mush rush uh, not selling out to go after the quarterback I think Matthew Judon needs to make sure he doesn't go past the quarterback as he's been liable to do in recent weeks Um, he has to do a really good job setting the edge making sure that they contain Uh, and Adrian Phillips is going to have his hands full making sure as the spy that Josh Allen can't get to that next level But, oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely, you have to be concerned about that. Patriots have shown a very real weakness against the run this year. Uh, They've been uh, pretty horrific, actually, (laughs) um, against the run. They've had two games where they've allowed over 200 yards uh, just a couple weeks ago against that. Titans game was the worst one in Bill Belichick's career. And so uh, there is a very real space where the Bills could continue to run well on the ground. Um, But I, I think if I'm the Patriots' defense... I will still play Patriots defense football, and that comes with the idea of defending the opposing team's number one player. And that, hands down to me, is Stephon Diggs. Pro Bowl wide receiver, uh, over 1,000 yards already this year. J.C. Jackson, Pro Bowl cornerback. We talked about him at the beginning of this podcast. I think that Jackson and Diggs is going to be the ultimate matchup for this entire game because if Cole Beasley is out, That means that the Patriots are going to force Josh Allen to try and win with Emmanuel Sanders, who I think will have to be paired up against Jalen Mills, who I think will provide a very good matchup there. And then Gabriel Davis. Uh, Gabriel Davis is someone who comes out of the slot a lot for the Bills. Patriots will have their hands full. Miles Bryant likely will get the matchup against Gabriel Davis. Davis had a touchdown uh, against the Patriots a couple weeks ago. That is where I'm going to have my focus. I, I think that the if, if J.C. Jackson can win his matchup against Stephon Diggs, then the Patriots will hopefully be able to have enough firepower in their secondary to stop the other receivers. And I would love for the Patriots to get an early two-score lead and force the Bills to become one-dimensional. Uh, because if they can do that, I, I trust the Patriots' secondary uh, much more then I trust the Patriots' run defense to stop the Bills if the Bills on the other shoe are able to get an early lead. So, Rich, do you think that J.C. Jackson versus Stephon Diggs is a one-on-one matchup? Are they going to give J.C. Jackson any help with Stephon Diggs and rely on the talent over talent and other positionals? Or do you think J.C. Jackson is good enough to shut down Stephon Diggs, who also made the Pro Bowl as a receiver? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, w- I would imagine that the Patriots will continue to try and disguise their coverage. This is something that Steve Belichick has loved to do with great success over this year, um, is really disguise uh, the safety play. 
And so with McCourty and Duggar both being so versatile in the second level, it gives the Patriots a lot of flexibility, whether to drop into cover two, cover one, uh, you know, play a little bit more man. Like they have a lot of opportunities to rotate players after the headset shuts off. And because this defense, because this Patriots team has played together for so long, they have such a high level of communication that they have a real distinct advantage. And so I don't think necessarily they'll have Jackson on digs one-on-one the entire game, but I imagine that the Patriots will do a lot of late disguises and changes to try and force Josh Allen to throw a turnover or two. Uh, you look at the Bills right now. They are middle of the road when it comes to protecting the football. You look over their past seven games, they've had a turnover in each one, uh, and they had a four-game stretch where they had two or more. So if the Patriots are able to force a turnover uh, and win the turnover battle, I think that they'll be in a great position to win this game against the Bills. Uh, and that, in my mind, uh, is why my X factor is going to be uh, Kyle Duggar. I think that you have the Patriots uh, with all of that versatility in that secondary spot. Uh, Duggar has been the best safety for the Patriots this year, in my mind, if we're considering Adrian Phillips more of like a hybrid player, but with Dawson Knox being such a huge red zone threat for the Bills, being such a big safety blanket for the Bills. And if our theory is that Stephon Diggs is who the Patriots are going to try and eliminate from the game, Dawson Knox's role will increase, uh, especially with Cole Beasley out as that safety blanket, as that red zone target. And so if Kyle Duggar is able to remove Dawson Knox from the game, if he's able to force a turnover or, you know, create a situation where Allen has to hold on to the ball longer and a defensive front man is going to force a fumble, whatever the case may be, I think that uh, Kyle Duggar is going to be the big key to all of that versatility of the Patriots on that defensive side uh, and put them in a position to succeed like that a lot. I also think Kyle Duggar is going to have something to prove after his questionable ejection on the Colts game. I think he's kind of guy that's going to want to bounce back in a big way and prove that why he belongs on the team the way that he does. What a great pick he and turned out to be. Classic situation where the second round DB actually works out. You don't see that very often in New England. Uh, as for my X factor, I'm going to stay along the front seven and go with Dante Hightower. I'm actually going to put Dante Hightower at fault for that Taylor run. I think he mm-hmm. misread the, the, the block pretty bad. Uh, this could be a good bounce back game for him. I think in terms of containing Josh Allen, he'll be instrumental. Not maybe containing it himself, but more kind of he's very, very intelligent. He's good at recognizing looks pre-snap. Uh, he's good at communicating to other players where they need to be, moving guys around the line as necessary. So hopefully Dante Hightower can use that kind of football IQ he has, very cerebral player, uh, get guys where they need to be. So maybe he's not the guy that makes the, the play, but he makes the call that then makes the play. So looking for a big game from Dante Hightower on I, Sunday. I love that. He needs to do well. He needs to do well because this Bills team uh, would love to replicate what the Colts were able to do on the ground. I think all teams will absolutely, <laughs> moving forward, try to test the Patriots' run defense because uh, it works. You know, If you show a weakness, other teams should continue to test it. Hightower definitely overcommitted on that run that allowed Taylor to get that big gain, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because the Patriots, I thought, had done a very good job at slowing Taylor down for much of the game otherwise. Um, so I would love to see them. I would love to see Bentley back out there. I want to see Jamie Collins continue to emerge. Kyle Vinoy to have a good game. Uh, I kind of want the boogeyman to, to kind of have a, a throwback effort against this Bills team. Um, but We'll see how that plays out on Sunday. I think that this is a very evenly matched team uh, with the Patriots here. There's not a singular player in my mind that the Patriots can truly eliminate in order to get a big advantage. Like, I don't think 
I like obviously I think stopping Diggs will be huge because he is such you know he he's essentially like the Jacoby Myers of that offense where uh, but obviously like a better player where if you just give they just force him the ball and with Cole Beasley out Diggs's presence will increase and so uh, I, I think that while Diggs is going to be of that focus there's still a lot of other players that can take over a game. And I think that's how it is with the Patriots too, where you can remove Jacoby Myers, but I still think that Hunter Henry, Damian Harris, you have multiple players that are capable of taking over the game for the Patriots. And so I'm very excited to see how this goes. AFC East title on the line, uh, as we've talked about before, if the Patriots lose this game to the, the Buffalo Bills, they are very unlikely to win the AFC East because that means that the, the two teams will have a tied record uh, both nine and six, uh, with uh, splitting the season series, the Bills have a better divisional record uh, than the Patriots because the Patriots lost to the Dolphins in Week One, uh, and their last game in the AFC East is against the Jets. So uh, that's not something that you can really count on the Bills falling. So it's likely that the Bills will win the division if they beat the Patriots on Sunday. Uh, New England needs to win in order to potentially keep pace in the AFC East, but also the AFC. A lot on the line here, but as David Andrews always says, that's why you play football. That's why you play the game, and that's why they love playing it. Alec, I think it's time for some predictions. Let's do it, buddy. We both had the Patriots winning on Saturday night, so we were both wrong. So by the rule of our predictions, it defaults back to the last guy that picked, which I believe was you. Patriots hosting the Bills Sunday, 1 p.m., lots on the line. What do you got? All right, Alec. Um... I'm going to come out with it up front. I think the Bills win this one. I think that we've had a great season for the Patriots. I think that there's been a lot to love. I think that they had a great seven-game winning streak in the middle of the year. Uh, But I also think that this Patriots team uh, has been prone to making errors. We saw it against this Colts team. We saw it against the Cowboys in Week 6. We saw their struggles against the Texans, even though they won in Week 5. They looked bad against the Saints. They had bad decisions against the Buccaneers, issues against the Dolphins in Week 1. I think that we can very reasonably get caught up in that seven-game win streak and think that everything is better. But I think we are at a point where uh, this Patriots team has exceeded all of our expectations. Uh, I think that this season is an absolute success. No matter what happens for the rest of the year, I think that the future for this team is extremely bright. I think that Josh Allen is currently, at least for this year, perhaps not for next year, but just this year, is the more uh, winnable quarterback than Mac Jones in the sense that you can put the ball in his hands and he will win it, uh, partially because of that kind of uh, running ability that we mentioned, but also because I think Diggs is the best skill player on either team. Uh, And I think that Emmanuel Sanders is just as good as any Patriots receiver out there. And so I think from a talent perspective, this is a slightly more talented Bills offense than Patriots offense. Uh, I think that the Patriots defense is better than the Bills defense. So it's definitely an evenly matched team. But I think that this is a game that the Bills come out. They're hungry. They need to win. They've been very inconsistent in the later part of the season, um, you know, going fluctuating six points against the Jaguars to 45 against the Jets, down to 15 against the Colts and 31 against the Saints. Uh, they've been all over the map. I think that they put together a relatively complete game against the Patriots in a way that they haven't done in many weeks. Uh, and I think that the Bills are going to be able to win this one, something along the lines of 27 to 17. Duplicate 27-17 losses for New England. I yep. wonder if that's ever happened before. 
Yikes. You know, Rich, I, I'm actually inclined to agree with you on a Bills win. I'm going to hit the Patriots uh, because it makes it easier for me to figure out who wins and gets to pick next week. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I've said it all, all season long. Of all the kind of upper-tier teams in the AFC, if they all bring their A game, I think New England is the worst of the Bills, mm-hmm. the Ravens, the Chiefs. They just are. If they're all playing their A games, the big thing New England has going for them is their consistency. And up until last week, they've been very consistent. But, yeah, they're not a perfect team. This was not supposed to be their year to win a Super Bowl. I think that most folks had a ceiling at 10-7 and 7 with a wild card berth. That was kind of the, the best possible expectations for 2021 season. They've already mostly exceeded that. I mean, the wild card is almost a lock at this point, depending on how things go. Uh, but the Patriots are home. They're coming off a loss, so they kind of got smacked around a bit. It was a primetime game. Everyone watched it. The Bills didn't look great against the Panthers. The Panthers are a terrible team. They were in it kind of late. The Bills are very streaky. They tend to overcommit or take things too seriously, get in their own head. Cole Beasley being out is a pretty big deal. He's a number two receiver. He kind of moves the chains in, in, in very crucial situations. Uh, I can see New England really having a good week of practice, rallying around this, and knowing the importance and the stakes of this game. And they are at home. I know they're not as infallible at home as they have been in seasons past, but they have strung some home wins together. I'll go with the Patriots taking this one. Something along the lines of, I will say, Patriots 24 Bills 21. Oof. Well, I hope you are right. I hope that the Patriots are able to run rampant over this Bills defense uh, because, as we've seen this year, the Bills defense is susceptible to the run. Um, but I, I hope that this Patriots team bit wins. I hope I'm wrong. Alec, I hope we are reconvening for our, our Week 17 breakdown with the Patriots already crowned AFC East champions. Uh, I just have a hard time seeing it. But we will have all the analysis on patspulpit.com. And Alec, do you have any final thoughts as we head into Week 16 of the NFL season? It is December 23rd, which would lead me remiss if I did not say Happy Festivus to those Ooh. who celebrate it and our Seinfeld fans. Those who don't get the reference, I'm sorry, but... May you all the joyous Festivus, and may the airing of grievances not be too grievous for you. <laughs> and to the rest of us. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> Alec, until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you. Bye-bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.